welcome back to another episode of the Tile Money Podcast. We are recording live in front of a, a great audience. I'm glad you're here. Tile Money is the podcast that is strengthening the tile industry. We're doing this with our business education designed for you, the tile contractor, by fellow tile contractors. This education has been assisting tile contractors everywhere to build sustainable, profitable businesses. You know what the result is? The result is a stronger tile industry from the installer up. And that's what I like to that's what I like to see. And today we've got another great topic for you. And today's topic is avoiding burnout. That is a, that is something that we're seeing a lot of. I've been seeing a lot of comments about burnout recently uh, and building that sustainable business that is going to be there for the long haul. I've got some great tips for you and I want to know what sustainable business means to you. Is it something you're struggling with? Maybe you've got some some advice you can throw in the comments and we'd love to hear it. I'm giving away a few keychains if you're here live and you want to do a comment, we'll, we'll uh, pick some random winners there. So this is a topic, you know, nearly everyone I know in the tile industry has been staying busy for years, really. Um, we got a listener from Jonesburg, Tennessee. Good to see you. Sustainable to me means being able to keep my company profitable and running smoothly. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. That's what we're talking about here. So. All right, we're getting into this, and I appreciate those comments. Um, so, you know, it's crazy. Just this week alone, I've seen multiple posts on this subject. Hey, I'm, I'm about to burn out, guys. In fact, this morning, I saw a post from uh, everybody's friend and, and uh, good tile installer, great human, Mike Soho. He said, you know what? I've got four uh, bids I'm working on right now, four phone calls this morning. This was like 8 a.m., 9 a.m., and he said, and the phone's ringing every single day. I'm getting six phone calls a day, and I'm booked out. And then unfortunately, later today, this afternoon, he made another post. He said he blew out his back and he went to the doctor and he's in, he's in a lot of pain right now. So that, that is the, the reality that us tile contractors face with uh, not only our bodies, our minds, uh, and the whole, the whole operation, right? At times, we just burn out, our business burns out, and things go wrong. So what can we do to avoid that is today's topic. Uh, before we get into this, I do want to take a quick minute to thank our sponsors. The sponsors of Tile Money are the organizations and the companies who are actually investing in you, the tile contractor, the listener, the tile installer, whether you're small, big, large, medium, it doesn't matter because our sponsors are very aware of the need in this industry to assist you build sustainable businesses because they know they're in it for the long vision. The long haul is something we're going to talk about tonight. And they're in it. They want to see a strong tile industry. And they understand the NTCA, Laidacrete, Go Board. They understand that only by investing in you, the smaller tile contractor, medium-sized business, you're growing and making sure that you're sustainable and you're profitable, then the industry can also be profitable and sustainable. And they see the struggle. They, they, they're watching you. I mean, we've got, you know, from Ladycrete, we've got Ron Nash, very active in all the groups. We've got uh, Shauna uh, from GoBoard, very active. Bart and Jim Bettega are constantly working a, a, on your behalf to uh, make your business a little bit easier. So we appreciate their efforts. And I, I, I want to ask that you reach out to one or all three of those companies, let them know, hey, we appreciate, uh, I appreciate supporting Tile Money. It's helped my business. If you need a, a website, head over to happytileguy.com. I've partnered with a website designer and SEO expert, and we are making tile sites specifically for tile contractors. So if you need a website, and I want to thank all of my patrons who donate monthly, and they're continuing to support me. Even $5 a month adds up, and, and hey, it means a lot. It's helping to keep the lights on and helping to keep this tile money machine rolling and growing, and that's what we like. So if you're benefiting from this podcast, uh, consider if you could just donate 5 bucks a month and become a patron. I really appreciate your support. All right, so... We're getting some great comments. We're getting some great comments. I'm not going to address them all, but if you have a question, make sure to ask it and make sure I see it. And, and we will be addressing uh, questions at the end of, of this as well. So you can ask me anything you like. 
being uh, Mike Dev says, I feel like sustainable sustainability is being able to provide for the promises you have out there. It's so true. Uh, this this person says it's nonstop. We're booked out till October until October. So I mean, and and I'm hearing this everywhere across the board. Yep, take a half a day, work half a day, catch, let everybody catch their breath. That's a good one. We got Little Rock, Arkansas. We got Zimmerman, Minnesota. I know where that's at. My my, uh, oh, that's my sister. <laughs> I was gonna say my sister lives in Zimmerman. <laughs> Thanks for being here, Branna. Thanks for your support. All right, let's get let's get to the uh, topic and go ahead and uh, continue to ask questions if you got them, and we'll address them. So sometimes we're on that roller coaster ride, right? And and that's been a terminology we've used in the contractor construction world for years, up and down. You know, we got busy times, we got slow times. Well, guess what? The last few years, it feels like we're just going up, 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 getting busier, busier. The anticipation is building, building, building. We're wondering when the sucker's going to drop, right? When are we going to catch a break? When are we going to hit the bottom of this roller coaster and oil our wheels? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know, hopefully hopefully a little bit longer because, I, I mean, you know. But guess what? Whether whether there's a demand or not, it, as a business owner, you owe it to yourself. You owe it to your business. And most importantly, you owe it to your clients to make sure you don't get burned out. Make sure you're giving the, each each and every client their due, uh, their due respect and uh, their attention, your attention on their job. So we want to avoid burning out that engine. We want to make sure we're... Um, uh, we're doing what we can to continue to be as sustainable as we can. That way our clients get, get our 100% attention. So I've got a few thoughts here on sustainability, and I know this is going to look different. We're going to talk a little bit about personal sustainability because as a business owner, that's going to impact your business, as well as business sustainability, uh, meaning employees and what have you. Um, and I know it's, you know, it's a li- everybody's a little bit different. Everybody is capable of a little bit more. Some can work uh, a lot more than others. But uh, you've got to figure out what your balance is and, and what is, uh, what's right for you and your business. So the, the points we're going we're gonna to stick tonight, we're going to talk about is uh, stick to your vision and play the long game. That's point number one. And then monitor your cash flow would be point number two. Do not compromise on your values. Three, stop doing every single thing. That's point number four. Get your team engaged with your sustainable vision. That's point five. Hire the best team possible. Uh, Let them actually take ownership for the business. Uh, And that takes time, but we're going to talk about that. Excuse me. And then know your why. Why are you in business? Why did you start this thing? And, And where are you headed? Uh, so important, so important. Uh, know your client and focus on your value proposition to your client. And we'll, we'll talk about what that means. And then practice no time. <laughs> That's something I like to talk about. So a lot of this is mindset. You've got to be firm in your mind and firm in your commitment to a sustainable lifestyle and a sustainable uh, business because you've got to s- understand the value that that sustainability is going to provide to you and your long-term vision. So instead of thinking, you know, when we first start opening our business, we we sometimes think like, I've got to continue working seven days a week for as long as I can. I've got to do this. I've got to, I've got to answer every phone call, at, you know, work 24-7. Instead of thinking like that, which is so easy to get trapped into that thought, you've got to kind of switch your mindset and say, now as a business owner, it's my responsibility to myself, to my employees, and to my clients to actually keep my company from burning out. So if that means only working, you know, shutting off the phone, shutting off the emails, that's what it means, or putting systems in place to where you will avoid that burnout. Um, it's actually the responsible thing to do, if you think about it, to sometimes just do nothing as a business owner. It's, it's, uh, so that's what I mean when you switch that mindset and, you know, think about, okay, I have to do nothing because I need some time to recharge or I have to do this, put these systems in place so that my employees don't burn out. So the, the first topic was stick to your vision, playing the long game. What does that mean? Well, oftentimes as a small business owner or large business owner, we could get caught up in trading short-term gains for our long-term success. So don't 
get caught up in this trading your short-term gains for your long-term vision or long-term success. It's easy to get distracted. There's a lot of easy money out there right now. When your phone's blowing up, you might have six large jobs scheduled with very little wiggle room. And now you start squeezing in small jobs in between those six jobs. You're, you're kind of trading your long-term success for those short-term gains. And it can be very uh, attractive. It, um, it could be lucrative, but it could also burn you out. And in the long term, it could actually ruin ruin you, ruin your business. Um, so that's what I'm talking about when I'm when I say don't trade your short term gains for your long term success. Carson, good to see you, brother. I think every one of us has made this mistake because when that phone call comes in for that backsplash, and we can sell it, and we're raising our prices because we don't really want to do the work. It is so easy to run around and do this type of stuff. So <clears throat> it's crazy. Adam, brother, man, don't. It's not the only op- option, man. We're gonna we're gonna have to talk afterward. Uh, let's. You give me a call anytime. Eight three one five eight eight zero four one seven. You got to call me afterward. <clears throat> Mike Devine, good to see you. I appreciate you being here. Learn to say no, someone says. That's right. So let's keep moving on here. Don't get distracted. You Sometimes you've got to pass up on that easy, quick money because you've got to be realistic. Hey, I've got these jobs. You've got to schedule a little bit of downtime, a little bit of buffer between those jobs because you've got to ask yourself, are you showing up to your your jobs, your clients, 110% ready and prepared with both materials, your mind, your physical strength when you're starting your job. Because if you're not, they're going to notice and it's going to it's going to impact your long-term success. So don't trade uh, your long-term success and don't get caught up in that easy money, those short-term gains. And you can always ask someone in the Tile Money Facebook group to validate your plans and your vision, and they they can help you and assist you, you know, kind of craft out your vision. Where do you want to go? You know, maybe you watch other contractors. Do you want to be a small contractor or a big contractor? We're going to talk a little bit about that. The second point was to monitor your cash flow. Now, this seems easy, and it's one of the hardest things I've ever done. (laughs) And I I understand the feeling and and the trap of, you know, ratcheting up your lifestyle when your business and that cash is flowing into your business. Um, It's easy. You know, you want to buy the new truck. You want to buy some toys. You want to upgrade your life, you know, your life in general, you know, your family's life. Well, if if you're maxed out and, and there's no cash and everything's a bill, you're setting yourself up for potential disaster. And in these good years, this is the c- contractor's dream. You've got to put that money away. So, And I know it's temp- tempting to uh, buy some toys and, and you know up your lifestyle. But that will come. That will come as long as you maintain your vision and you know keep your head on. And you, you've got to have a, a, a pretty healthy buffer of cash in this, in this trade, in this industry, to be a business owner, I should say. Because that, that cash reserve will, will allow you to slow down or even stop if you ever need to stop. Remember I mentioned Mike Soho at the beginning? He's got to stop now for, day, for a few days at least and rest his back. He's got to stop. He's got to prioritize his back, his life, over the business. He can't keep pushing his back. Uh, so having that healthy buffer of cash is absolutely what you need. Uh, the third point I have here is not to compromise on your values, and and then you've got to you've got to set your values, and, and then you've got to self regulate that business. Um, that value system that I'm talking about, we're going to get into this a little bit. Uh, you've got to do that from from day one. Create that value system. And don't compromise it because uh, values are going to set the tone, you know, for for your whole company. It's going to set the tone for your vision, where you're headed. Uh, it's going to impact your company culture. Uh, people are going to be attracted to your company and they want to work for you because of your values. You're going to be easier to find the right people. You're, you're going to be able to collaborate with, with business owners, uh, and day-to-day operations become smoother. 
it's really the 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 some of the greatest companies have the greatest values, right? And long, long companies like Laidacrete, uh, who who it's just such an outstanding uh, family values and multiple other values that they hold dear, and they don't they don't um, compromise, right? And they continue to strive to pursue those values. So, an example I want to share about my company, my tile installation company. When I started, I had these cer- certain values. One of them was I wanted to always use the very best materials at all time. And I wanted to dictate what those materials were. Well, I had been, you know, the internet's a a great place to be. And I had been watching Sean McLeod, or excuse me, Sean, yeah, Sean McLeod. Shauna, thanks for being here. Appreciate it. Go board in the house. Lee, I I thank you for being here. Uh, I've actually got a short story to tell uh, with about you a little later. So I hope you can stick around. I had to crash out last week. Didn't have a choice. Mentally, I was worn out, says one listener here. Stressed out and physically exhausted. I need to set a different pace. Too many things going on. So you're not, you're not alone. There's a lot of, a lot of folks uh, like you. Carson relays uh, breaking his ankle. No buffer of cash. So, yeah, the very real-life scenarios here. Installing tile with a broken ankle is difficult. It, yeah, yeah. I had a... Yeah, I've been there. <laughs> if you give the same experience every time to a client, you shouldn't have to compromise your price. That's right, Mike. And so back to this uh, Sean McLeod story. If you know Sean, you know he only uses Laticrete Spectralock epoxy grout in his showers and his tile work. He's at the point in his career where he dictates his uh you know, his, his uh, materials and he'll only use the best. And I wanted to be like Sean McLeod and I, I, I wanted to use uh laticrete spe- spectralock epoxy grout in all of my showers. And one of the very first showers I built when I uh, was rebuilding my company in a, in a new area in San Luis Obispo, I, I it was a mud floated shower and they had picked out a, a, a Schluter linear drain so I had the mud-floated shower, curdy waterproofing with the linear drain and Spectralock grout. So good. First job in my new county. I was sticking to my values. Well, things went a little bit south from there. I got pretty busy and, uh, you know, I, uh, uh, I had a lot of, lot of different contractors pulling me to a lot of different jobs. Some commercial work, some uh, track home, you know, work. So, uh, and then some remodel work. So, and, and then quickly I was up to four or five installers or, or, or employees, I should say. And I got distracted and I compromised my values and it didn't work out so well. Uh, things went off the rails. I was riding that roller coaster and the wheels were falling off uh, because I compromised my values. And it, it took about, you know, 12 months for me to s- get off that train and, and, and remember my values. But I had to remind myself, hey, I started out wanting to use the very best materials and hire the very best installers that I could find. And now I've compromised all that and I've damaged my name. I've damaged my reputation uh, a little bit and things aren't working out. I'm, I'm pulling my, what, what little hair I had left at the time I was pulling it out and it was falling out quick. So remember to stick to your values, friends, whatever those might be, you know, it's a personal thing, but stick to your values uh, and continue pushing for them and don't compromise. And, and then the fourth point I had here was stop doing everything. And this is a hard one for tile contractors. You're all, uh, we're somewhat perfectionists and, and we like to have our hands on everything. So I'll put a caveat on here. You know, if you're the type of tile contractor who decides that, you're the only one going to be installing your work. And that's just the way it's going to be. That's your decision. I'll never knock you for that because it is a very art-driven world we're in. So the caveat is you're going to have to figure out how to outsource everything else because that tile installation work is going to take your time, your body, your mind. It's going to take a lot of you um, so you're going to have to hire everything that you can out, a bookkeeper, 
I mean, you can find somebody to do your social media if you can. You can find somebody to answer the phone even. Or like Ben Santos, get a, get a, he has a phone line, a, a house phone line, office phone line, right? Which in a, in a, in a um, answering machine so that he can go work every day. And then in the evening he returns or the very next morning he, he saves an hour, his first hour to return all the phone calls. So he created this system. He outsourced. Now he doesn't have to answer the phone every day because he, he calls them back within 12, 24 hours. So you've got to figure out systems that will allow you to focus on the installation. And you're going to have to charge a boatload here, friends. If you're, if you're going to be a one-man show with maybe an assistant, charge a boatload. Your value is extremely high when you find the right client who wants the, the owner installer because they're out there and the smart ones know they're going to pay more and they're happy. They're going to do it with a smile on their face and you're going to be smiling to the bank. You're going to be smiling at the bank because you're charging enough because, frankly, you won't last. You won't be able to, most, you won't be able to work uh, and run that business for as long as if you uh, trained installers. Um, so you might have to consider an early retirement fund. Uh, you also need a larger cash um, reserve for those unforeseen uh, situations that come up from time to time. And we've seen several this year. And, uh, and, and that is why if you're a, if you're a single installer, you, uh, you've really got to charge a lot, know your value, know your worth. It's, it's high. It's, it's high. Believe me, you can find, uh, great clients that are willing to pay you like the artist that you are. So that's my caveat because I'm, I know I'm not going to convince some of you to hire in- installers and I wouldn't try I, I respect your decision. So just know that you got to charge a lot and then hire as much out as you can. Create systems for everything that make your life easier. Farm it out. Farm it out. All right. Let's see here. Paul, thanks for being here, brother. That's right. Your family could get hurt and you gotta you gotta take some time off. And that this this right here, what Paul brings up is uh when I, when I moved to San Luis Obispo, it was September in the year, and, and my daughter was born the following September. So you can imagine how busy I was. Not only was I starting a new business, but I had the added pressure of being a father for the first time in my life. So I was running a little fast and hard. Um, and, but I had, a, I had an end date, and that was September. Um, and I... It took a while to slow that train down, but I did it and I fired four out of the five employees and I restructured my business based on my values. And so that was an important lesson. So when I talk about values, because guess what? The next 12 months from, from the, from my first, my daughter's first, before my daughter's first birthday or by my daughter's first birthday, we did as much revenue with my one employee than I, than I was doing with my uh, five. Um, so it sounds crazy, but that's exactly what happened because I, I wasn't, and I wasn't installing very much. So I, I sat back and I said, why am I doing this? Why am I a business owner? And for me, it's always been family. Well, you want more family time. You want more time. And so I said, okay, I've got to raise my prices. I've got to get rid of the stress in my life. Right. And that helped me. So it's a good comment there, Paul. Appreciate it. Love to talk one day, Mike. Just just uh, keep after me. We'll get we'll get you on the schedule here real soon, Anthony. Good to see you, brother. All right. So the fifth point I want to talk to you, to you today about is to get your team engaged. Now, those of you who are building a business and and do have the employees, excuse me. I'm gonna get a drink of water here. So start with your very first employee. Get him, get him or her engaged in your sustainability vision. Let them in on the secrets, right? Let them know where you're headed because your best employees, they want to be going somewhere too. They don't just want to be showing up and, and wiping grout, you know, for the rest of their life. They've got visions and dreams. Find, you know, find out what their visions and dreams are. And let them let them know about your sustainability vision. If you're building something for for life. And, and you're, you're building a business and you want employees that you can count on, let them know that. Let them know, hey, here's where we're at today. 
We're a young business. Here's where we're going. And, and those team members, you're going to find out really quick. They're, they're, they might roll their eyes. They might not pay attention to your, uh, and you should do this on a regular basis. Uh, I'll tell you a story here at, at the end, but you should do this on a regular basis. You're going to find out real quick, do you want these people to be employees? Are they taking it serious? Or are they just there for a temporary, you know, uh, fun or, you know, just experience? Or is it a stop, you know? And, and by doing this, by letting them know about your vision and your sustainability goals, you're going to engage those conversations and you're going to motivate people to, um, you know, also do better work and, and uh, take it more serious. When you show them what's in it for them, say, hey, by year three, here's what it's going to look like for you and your and your paycheck, you know, possibly. Here, by year six, here's what it's going to look like. You know, we've got these goals. We've got these goals. We're going to be adding to, to your compensation. We're going to be adding to these things. They're going to get excited about their, their personal and business growth inside your company. And, and then when they're excited and they're all in, because a lot of, fo- a lot of people want, want to be stable inside a company and to be an employee. And if you think back to why you started your business, it probably had a lot to do with the fact that you didn't like the way your boss treated you or you didn't see there was no, you weren't going anywhere. You were going to be stuck at 20, 25 bucks an hour for the rest of your life or whatever the case might be. And they, you know, and you said, well, I can, I can do it. So you've got to think, think that way and remember how you felt because then you're going to be able to say, Hey, I understand you want to go somewhere. I understand you have goals. I'm going to teach you how to install tile. You, if you choose to go out on your own, but my, my goal is to, to keep you comfortable and, and keep you happy here as an employee. And that's when you're going to start. And I know it's hard right now. I know a lot of, a lot of people are looking for, for help. But when you start having those deeper conversations, that's the time when you're going to start uh, attracting a better uh, employee base. So, you know, think about why you struck it out on your own and try to stop that cycle. Try to stop that cycle of runaway helpers, right? You want to stop. You want to do everything in your power. It's good for your business. It's good for the trade. It's good for the industry to stop that cycle and keep those employees a little bit longer in your apprenticeship program. Hopefully, they're lifelong employees. And you can look to uh, Martin Brooks. I've interviewed twice. Uh, he's the president of the NTCA. He's got a, a excellent a small, medium-sized business in San Francisco Bay. He has employees for, for life, 20, 25 years. Ask him how. How are you doing it, man? Like what? And you don't even have to ask him. You can listen to the podcast episode. So, uh, what you want is to train this employee or your employees to be kick-ass employees and have those conversations. And I used to have. I once I started having those conversations. Uh, and for example, I, I would take the crew out to breakfast once a month, talk about where the company was going, talk about our values, our vision. And guess what? They loved it. They ate it up. And, and I was able to see like these guys, they want to work. They want to be, they want a steady job and they want to know that I'm going somewhere because frankly, they were sick and tired of, of working for contractors, small business owner contractors that had no plan and had no vision. They were sick and tired of uh, bouncing around from contractor to contractor. They wanted stability and they loved the fact that I was talking to them and saying, here's where we're going. We're, we're, we're looking at these homes. We're looking at this style. This is what's going on in the industry. This is my vision. So that's going to help you to do point number six, which is to hire the best possible people and let your team own your business. What the heck does that mean? I've got a couple questions here I'm going to address. That's right. Let the employees get skin in the game. If they have equity, they have more to work for. Okay. Aiden says, I I had an employee spoke with and giving him the opportunity to grow to a leadership position. He ended up leaving to another company just because of a better pay raise immediately. So yeah, encourage open and honest conversation. And that's all you can do. I mean, uh, you know, at the end of the day, you know, hopefully he, he would have came to you and said, here's the situation. I, I, it's a $2 an hour raise. I really need the money. And then you, at that point, you decide, 
all right, I'll give you 250 or, or whatever. Um, and that can be a tricky, you know, that can be tricky. But if it's open, honest conversation and you trust him and he trusts you. We got a question here for me. Can you speak on how long it took before you didn't feel anxiety waiting to hear back from quotes or being worried about charging too much? Such a fine line to walk as I'm making more money than ever, but still undervaluing myself and not also not landing jobs overpriced. Yeah, that you're always going to lose jobs overpriced. Um, that's why you need a lot of phone, a lot of phone calls. Uh, if you're landing about at the end of the day, if you go into conversation, uh, other than the first initial phone call, try to weed them out. And the first initial phone call, make sure they're the right fit and their budget is realistic. And at the end of the day, then those people who make it past the original, um, kind of phone call, uh, forgetting the word, but you're going to want to be landing about 30% of those people. So if you want 30 jobs a year, you know, you, you need at least, um, a hundred qualified leads, you know, fairly qualified over the phone. Um, I, I would say, you know, the anxiety part, it's kind of always there, you know, but one thing I noticed when I, when I grew and I, I hired employees, I was able to keep them busy. I, you know, call it God, call it, you know, goodwill, whatever you want. We, we were able to stay busy as busy as they wanted to. Um, because I, you know, I, I was now my job was to keep them busy. And so it, it did, it did work, um, pretty good for me that way. Lee chimes in here, says, let them know their value. And as a small business, how important it is that they are there every day, challenge them and inspire them. That's exactly right. Uh, Shauna says, employees are your internal customers. I like that, Shauna. I like that a lot. Um, we got to make sure. Yeah, it's a lot, a lot of stuff to, uh, man, you guys are really commenting. You must really want those keychains. Dave, uh, sustainability, af- able to afford to take time off. That's right. Roots deep enough to have, have to scrap up your work, not have to scrap up. Charge as an owner, craftsman, and artisan. Don't Smita Baldur, set your own price. That's right. Carson, I know you're building big stuff over there, man. You're going to do good. Uh, just keep keep searching for those installers. You might have to train them up. Uh, and I'm going to talk about training people up. Lee Calliwer, if you know, if you don't know Lee Carson, meet Lee Calliwer here from Minnesota. And uh, he's someone who trains people and, and has a great apprenticeship program. Okay, confidence is king. Now, this is a this is a great point. Confidence is king regarding the anxiety and the and the losing bids. Walk in like you already have the job. My grandfather used to say, "You want to go to the movies? Walk in backwards." <laughs> yeah, I, I, I've done this. Uh, all joking aside, I've done this where you know the 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 more my confidence grew and and my team and my ability to deliver. You know, for instance, I hired a, a tile installer, and I've told you this before, who started installing tile the year I was born. He started install, installing in 1983 and having him on my team, uh, really boosted my confidence. And, and I was able to win jobs at a, at a higher rate than I, I was before. Uh, I got to know him and, and was lucky to have him fortunate to find him for sure. So the, the sixth point here is hire the, the best people possible. And I know this is a tough thing. It's, it's easy to say, right? And then let them own your business. We've had some good conversation with this already. I'm going to add to it here. Um, you don't want to, you know, the, the reason you want the best, I, I wanted the best installers possible because I didn't want to be dictating and managing every single aspect of every single job. I had other work I had to take. So Lee, this is when I'm going to talk about him. He told me this uh, when I first met him at uh, Total Solutions Plus in Nashville last year with the NTCA. He, he mentioned that, you know, one of the best things he, he did is to empower his apprentices to make small decisions on their own. And he would tell them, hey, don't call me with your problems anymore. I don't want you calling me if, if you've got a problem. Now, I understand problems come up, but find the solution or find what you think is the solution and call me with the solution to the problem. So you start empowering people like this. And I would always tell my guys, slow down, slow down. Take a minute when you see something that's not right 
and let's do it right. Let's get on the phone. Tell me what you think we should do after I talked to Lee and he tipped me off to this kind of, you know, mindset, right? Because when they, when they call you and they present you with a solution, it doesn't really matter if that solution is right or wrong. They've done their job and thought of something, right? They've, they've used their brain and they might, you might notice, Hey, they found the solution 20 times in a row. Now you're, now you're seeing their value and you reward that value, right? You reward it. You say, all right, you're getting a raise. I really appreciate how you're calling me with solutions and you're handling it. You're making my life easier as the business owner. I can go do this and that. I'll be on another job or bidding work, keeping them busy. So do that. Make sure you're empowering your people. And that's how you attract better people, better employees. They want to be able to make decisions. Um, and Lee has an incredible ability to mentor his apprentices, and, and he does a great job of empowering people. I've really enjoyed getting to know him. You can find him inside his Facebook group, the Tile Trade Artisans Guild. He's very uh, artisan-driven, and he's very active with the NTCA Roundtable Zoom meeting. So you might want to check those out because he, you, you go in those, and it's like being in a mastermind with some of these uh, contractors and people within the the industry. So search out your mentors within even the NTCA Facebook group is a great place. But you really need to learn how to mentor your your people. Um, and and once you do that, it's it's funny because what once you find one good person, you know what is it? Birds of a feather flock together. They're going to have an uncle or a cousin or a friend who has their values. And they're also, you know, hey, I'm, you know, starting a family or whatever. I, I need a steady job. I want to learn a trade. I want to, you know, maybe they've got college debt. They're going to be hanging out with those people. You find one, you treat them right. And just like watering a plant, you're going to, your, your, your team's going to start growing, you know, um, sometimes organically like that. That's right, Carson. He's, uh, He's got the roundtable with the NTCA, the Artisan Roundtable. Some of the best training if, if you want to learn um, more artwork, the art side of the business, right? Attend those roundtables. So let's keep moving here. We've got the number point number seven, which is one of my favorites. Know your why. Why the heck are you a business owner? Why are you doing your own thing? You've got to identify this from the very beginning. That way, when things go off the rails, remember my story? I, things were going off the rails. My daughter was just born. I was busier than I wanted to be. I was stressed. And I, all I had to do is ask myself, am I sticking to my why? Am I staying on track? Is my business getting me closer to my why? Or am I slowly moving further and further away? So that why, that vision has to be top of mind. And leaders who do this uh, consistently and have a clear vision, they have a much easier time keeping their businesses alive and making uh, them last sustainably, right? And, and then making, you know, sound decisions uh, and, and being more clear. You know, you've got to have clarity in your business. Otherwise, you're running around. You're all of a sudden, you're, you're, you know, all of a sudden you're hanging drywall <laughs> and clogging toilets. So know your why, know what you're building and know why you're doing it and who you're doing it for. All right, the eighth point is focus on your value proposition and know thy client. Always know who you're after. And you might not, you, you don't get it on day one, but know the client base that you're looking for. One of the things that can help is to identify and even create what what I'm going to call an avatar, right? Like, who's your target client? You know, if if you want to work for um, Mrs. Smith, who's, you know, 72 years old, and, and, and needs a, a, a wheelchair accessible shower, and those, are, those jobs are, are your sweet, profitable spot, and you happen to live in an area where there's a lot of Mrs. Smiths and you really enjoy working for Mrs. Smith, you create an avatar named Mrs. Smith, and, and you put her age on there and, and the type of house, maybe the neighborhood that you're trying to uh, work in, that, that you're going after, and you start keeping that top of mind, and that's going to start, as you get busier and busier, what you're going to say is, when you answer the phone, you're going to quickly under, get to the point, is this Mrs. Smith or isn't it? 
and, and start weeding out the people and the jobs that are wasting your time and, and you don't like to do. Maybe you don't like to do subway tile. Maybe you don't, you know, maybe you don't like to do commercial work. Whatever the case might be, you've got to focus on um, your client base, you know, and, and who that avatar is. Because a funny thing happens, Mrs. Smith really values what you bring to the table, so, in other words, you you value her as a as a client, and she values you as a contractor. You've got to you got to meet and, and know the value that you're bringing to the table, because then all of a sudden you you start charging more with confidence, because you you can confidently charge her what you need to, because you know. Remember all the things we talked about. You're giving her 110. percent You're not chasing other jobs. You're really making that job special for her. You're giving her your time and attention. She really values how clean you kept your her house. And all these other things. And so uh, that's it. That's the eight points. I've got a, I've got a bonus point here. <laughs> Let's look at the comments, see what we got going on over here. I, I was helpful for a couple of years. I watch your vids because I miss tiling. Oh, you miss tiling and you're still, you're not, so you're not in the business and you're still watching me. Hey, thanks for watching me. I appreciate that. That means a lot. Become practice at the art of knowing your client, Lee, Lee chimes in with. I, I like that. The art of knowing your client. Carson says clarity, absolute clarity. Are there, okay, we got a question. Are there, for owners who are open to putting systems in place and looking to grow their business, are there any books or sources of education you re, you'd recommend? Inside the Facebook group, we've got, um, I think it's a pinned uh, a pinned post up at the top. Uh, with a bunch of books, a bunch of podcasts inside it, um, which are sources of education. The NTCA has um, an online tutorial cl- course. They've got some business courses. Uh, Ladacree also has a similar online education uh, business course, which you can take. Um, and then really, what I, my favorite thing, it finds your five... Find your five mentors, whether they, you know, they're probably going to be virtual in this day and age inside these Facebook groups, seek them out. Uh, you can, you know, ask them questions. These, these folks are, are really helpful. Here's a great question. I'm thinking of adding an employee retirement plan. What are some of the ways others have done this? So I would reach out to, um, off the top of my head, uh, Aaron Albright with J&R Tile, uh, Trask Bergerson out of Oregon, and uh, Dirk Sullivan. Um, you Listen to the Martin Brooks. Reach out to Martin Brooks. Um, listen to his episode, uh, which was not three or four months ago. If you need the link, hit me up later, and, and I'll get you the link to that episode. Listen to Martin Brooks' episode, and I would encourage you to uh, reach out directly to Martin Brooks because I imagine he has this in place, and as as I imagine, I mean, I'm kind of, you know, guessing here, but I'm I'm confident, I'm fairly confident that all those names I mentioned have uh, employee retirement plans or and, and other attractive benefits, right? We want to attract that, so I would I would reach out to those folks, tell them I sent you, and and that'll be good. It, Martin's for the industry; he's the president of the NTCA right now. Um, and, and he's always willing to take the time to share what he knows. So, so the bonus point I had was more about uh, personal, um, you know, person. Uh, what are we talking about here? Personal sustainability, right? So, one thing I like to do is uh, called the Miracle Morning, and so I, I've gotten out of the habit, but I'm I'm recently been uh, getting back into this good good habit, and this is something that uh, will. The potential to just change your life. You've got to wake up and don't turn on your cell phone. You've got to wake up an hour earlier than you're, you're used to waking up. And if, if you want to just do it at 30 minute, 15 minute increments, however you got to get it, but try to get yourself to an hour. Don't turn on your cell phone. Don't turn on the, on the, on the, on the television or anything like that. Get yourself a journal. And, and by the way, it's a book, the miracle morning, uh, Kyle, and I've heard of the book and then Kyle, uh, Heat, Heaton, Hayden. I'm sorry, brother. I should know that. I'm on. I'm, I'm on the the bright lights here. Uh, with uh, with his Facebook group, 
and his book club introduced me and kind of motivated me to read The Miracle Morning. And I got into it, you know, and it really, it really made a huge difference. So what it is, you got about six exercises. You carve out 10 minutes. This is how you start out, just 10 minutes for silence, 10 minutes for reading, 10 minutes for affirmations, 10 minutes for visualization, and 10 minutes for journaling, along with a gratitude list I like to add in there on the end. And then 10 minutes for exercise. It's pretty simple, but it's quiet time every morning. And I read an article uh, on the entrepreneur.com just yesterday or the day before, and it, it had this thing called no time. <laughs> and I realized that is what I do uh, in the morning, you know, silence, 10 minutes of silence. That's no time. It's allowing your brain to uh, assimilate everything that it's learned in the last 24 hours or whatever. And, and we used to do this a lot as, as humans, as kids. Uh, but now with these cell phones and stuff, we don't practice no time as much as we should. Uh, we're constantly being stimulated with, um, you know, questions, Facebook groups, uh, alerts, you know, all this stuff. So make sure you're carving out your no time as a business owner. You're a creative person as a tile contractor. You're a creative person. This is one of the most important things creative people can do is to take some, some some twine, some quiet time out of their mornings and, and, and find time to breathe, like Lee's saying here. So I think we got a couple more questions, and I'm going to wrap this up. We're coming up on an hour. Even a small employer can offer an IRA simple plan match. Perfect. That's, I, I mean, this is, and, and with the amount of, remember how in the beginning I was talking about how busy everybody is and uh, everybody's phone is just blowing up. These are the times, and, and, and this is why, I, I you know, I, I've been preaching raise your prices, raise your prices, raise your prices since I started this thing, not just to line your pockets, not just to, so you can have more toys, but so you can be a small business owner who's proud to offer an IRA simple plan match, proud to offer 10 days of paid vacation, proud to offer your uh, community a better service, proud to, you know, proud to be a small business owner and a profitable one at that. And I, you know, we get um, people from time to time saying, what are you, a doctor or something like this? You know what? I'm better than a doctor. I'm a tile setter. My trade, my trade goes back to Jesus, you know? (laughs) And so, uh, so that's how I feel about it. Charge a lot, especially now because you're in demand and you've been in demand. If you haven't noticed for about a decade, charge a lot so that you can build a better company, build a sustainable company, offer, offer an attractive package. And and the NTCA will help you do that. They will help you set that up. If if you're, you know, to be honest, I, I don't have the best knowledge about, uh, things like offering IRA plan matches and healthcare. I wish I did, but um, through the NTCA, that's where you'll find a lot of these tools. They ha- they have some of these tools set in place already. Do you think it's a good sales tool in justifying price to potential customers? Um, you've got to justify your value, ideally. Before they pick up the phone to call you, they understand and know your value. That takes sometimes years uh, and a very good reputation along accompanied with a very good online presence, both social media and a website. You can get that at happytileguy.com. But in all seriousness, it takes uh, sometimes years typically to set up, set yourself up to where your clients are calling you for you. And once you, once you, once you hit that mark, then all of a sudden things get a, a bit easier. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't get into the trap of justifying my price. If somebody questions your price, um, you can use some sales tools like the fact that you're a member of the NTCA, the fact that you're in Facebook groups. I've, I've seen contractors use, you know, use that as part of their presentation. I spend my after hours, you don't have to tell them it's Facebook. I spend my after hours in membership groups, tile community membership groups on mastermind calls, uh, learning about my trade, learning about my industry. But you, you don't really want to do it. You want to kind of do these little sales things as in marketing, you know, strategies as you're looking or CTI. That's right. The CTI, uh, I was talking to a gentleman, David Sandana. He flew in from Washington state. 
he won a job, uh, and part of the reason he won this two hundred thousand dollar residence residential tile job, which he was supposed to about it. So I don't think I'm saying anything I'm not supposed to. But part of the reason was his wife, his uh, the the homeowners knew he had came out to Florida for this test, and, and when he passed it. They said, okay, and they felt a lot more comfortable. He passed a certified tile installer test, which is not an easy test. So all these little things add to your value for that client. It, it's it's a tricky situation to start trying to justify your price once they bring it up or if they have issue. You want to simply, we did have a great top a conversation. I think it was today or yesterday inside the Tile Money Facebook group. We did have a great conversation where someone someone was able to kind of uh, be real professional in their response. And, and then months later, the, the lady called, I think it was Mark Simoli uh, from Sacramento. And then months later, the, the, the person called and said, can we hire you? Uh, my husband never got around to that DIY project. So you always want to do, you know, the, the most professional um, response possible without sounding, you know, like everybody else uh, sucks or something like that. <laughs> So, well, Anthony comes in with never give your customers a full breakdown of prices. I like this approach too, Anthony. This is my approach. I pretty much have a one line, one price, um, and don't, yeah, I don't shop it out like that. So that's my approach. That's what I recommend. That's what I would, would teach if I was going to give you advice on, on how to present your price. Um, you want details, like, hey, we're going to be doing the waterproofing. Step, step, you know, step one, step two, step three. You want a lot of details, in my opinion, but you want one price. Now, people would argue that, but uh, find what works for you. Well, that's it for this episode of the Tile Money Podcast. I truly appreciate everybody who's been here inside the live uh, YouTube, both YouTube and, and the Facebook group. And I appreciate you uh, you joining in this conversation, adding to the conversation. It makes it fun. It makes it interesting. It makes it entertaining. And I appreciate everybody's uh, participation, like I'm saying. I'm going to give away a few of these keychains. I'm going to randomly pick uh, th- like three comments here. And maybe in a little bit or tomorrow morning. And uh, I'll talk to you soon. Thank you so much for being here. Stay positive out there, Tile Friends. And and by all means, stay profitable. I'll talk to you soon. Have a great uh, evening and and a great weekend.